stories, scripts, and conversations with creators. This is the Brave Maker Podcast. Hey, 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 everybody. How we doing? Tony Gapason here. We're live. This is our second live show for the day. I am in Redwood City live at Seclismo Cafe, Small Business Saturday, and we got a special guest. Before I do that, Christina Jackson, yes, tell us about do. yourself and where you are today. That was so funny. It's like you looked at me. Ah, uh, yes, I'm Christina Jackson, <laughs> actor, writer, singer, and I'm coming to you from Dublin, California. We're in the East Bay. Definitely support our small businesses too. We've had some challenging times during COVID. So, yes, yeah, support your small businesses wherever you are. And we do have a really exciting guest. Tony and I, thanks to COVID, have had the chance to do so and talk to so many different artists. We have a creative today, multi-talented author, writer, singer, songwriter. And if you're a creative who's been looking for some new avenues for inspiration and guidance and support, Craig Webb is going to talk to us about the power of dreams. So let's welcome Craig to the show. Hey, everybody. Hey. Welcome, Craig. Hey, welcome. Welcome, Craig. This is great. I do feel welcome. Thank you. So how did, so you two met online, which sounds so funny. You two met online for a talent show competition a couple weeks ago. So let's hear how that whole thing went. Yes, actually. Yeah, I'll go ahead, Craig. I was just gonna say because uh, Christina was the the star of her, the talent. She uh, sang, uh, I think, three really uh, diverse sounds songs, and came off pretty uh, star-studded. I would say. So I was impressed. Oh, that's awesome! Thank you. And Craig, were you a judge of that competition? Uh, only a homegrown judge. No, I wasn't the official uh, on the panel. But uh, I gave a thumbs up on my uh, little, I think, uh, Zoom window. <laughs> right on. So, Craig, Christina says you are an author and a singer, and uh, you have some special interest in dreams and creativity. Can you talk about that? Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, I've always been really creative just since I've known my, myself and my life here. Maybe that's where the name Craig and creative, they, they link up, came from. I don't know. But... I did have a powerful near drowning around the age of uh, 21. I actually got uh, stuck under a whitewater raft for uh, a surprise submersion. I didn't know what I was going under. Oh, wow. And making a long story short here, uh, I didn't really have enough time to gasp for breath. I was in there, fight and flight, 5, 10, 15 seconds. You know, I did have a life jacket, but I was bouncing up on the raft. And then it was kind of, I guess this is it. I guess this is my final moment. And there was a very strange piece that came over me because, you know, I would expect fight and flight and trying to get the air, etc. But it just came to this rich, deep, quiet space. And then a single simple thought says, you're dying right now. I thought, hey, this isn't that bad. And then sort of cut to next scene here. I was actually, I did raft the rest of the day. I don't remember the exact details. Maybe I was a little waterlogged on my brain. Probably the guide pulled me out and stuck me back on the raft, and I was okay, coughed up a little water. And then uh, shortly after that, I started remembering up to about 10 dreams a day, like really clearly. And you know, uh, Tony, Christina, how the uh, how your dreams often disappear by the shower or, or before? Yeah. <laughs> They're kind of like a flighty memory, right? 
In this case, I would remember well into the morning, sometimes the previous day's dreams, like clearly uh, during the next day or even a few days later. So I was like, what is this? And my degree was in physics. So I think I'm allowed to officially say that I'm a recovering thinkaholic. <laughs> That's good. Uh, I, appreci I appreciate my training. I did very well with the sciences, but I did only kind of get trained in a kind of limited mind, seeing the world in one perspective. And uh, this experience really, I guess, part of me died and part of me came alive there, rebirth under the water. And I started having these dream openings, clear lucid dreams. We can talk about that if you like. Actual pretty clear premonitions that came true, and that kind of blew my mind. And then uh, after maybe seven years of exploration on my own, I ended up uh, at the Stanford Research, close to you guys, doing pioneering lucid dream research and brought lucid dreaming to the world, studied it scientifically, and brought my two worlds together, my personal experience and my training. In a nutshell, that's kind of it. And ever since, I've tried to, trying to share some of the insights, some of the stories, some of the things that can inspire others. I love that. I love how you share that you are recovering thinkaholic. I think that thinking is number one addiction that people don't realize that you never, never let your mind rest. Like if you don't consciously think about, you know, during meditation, like just stopping your mind and being still, you don't think like you're thinking all the time. So Craig, and I would love to know more about how did you recover from being a thinkaholic and what was it like being part of the pioneering team at Stanford saying, lucid dreaming to the mainstream oh well thanks for the enthusiasm at the time i didn't really know what was going on i was kind of in my bubble i'm from uh, canada so in quebec here there wasn't too much in the way of like awakening or anything going on at that time so on my own i was just kind of figuring out what i could reading some books eventually sort of met up with people i think i'm still recovering as a thinkaholic mm -hmm. and i only realized mm -hmm. that later because i was kind of stuck in that mindset uh, so, I mean, that's a good thing. We want to have a good intellect and a reasoning and discrimination and use that. But it was only mm -hmm. at least, uh, uh, it was half the picture or less. And without intuitions, the kind of creative muscle, and of course, feelings and emotions, mm -hmm. uh, I'm missing out on a ton. So hopefully I'm still recovering a little bit, but I got a little more integration now. And, and when I ended up at Stanford, uh, part of that integration happened, I think, with uh, sort of the scientific study of lucid dreaming. We actually proved that someone could be conscious in a dream, you know, because we had little electrodes on the eyes when somebody's sleeping in the sleep lab and mm -hmm. uh, they'll measure eye movements. And the idea was, hey, if they're awake inside the dream, even though the body is asleep, you know, but if they're awake inside the dream, maybe they can still move their eyes left and right or some pre-agreed pre upon pattern, a signal. Uh, that would never just happen randomly. And, and that's exactly what we did in a dream. You know, you follow your dream finger. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the electrodes on the eyes, you see a very specific pattern and you know the person's conscious and they're doing some different kind of experiment. And we did lots of experiments from that point. But we proved scientifically that you can be awake while asleep, which was kind of a strange oxymoron. Mm -hmm. and, and then lots of other places around the world agreed and proved it. And it became big in the media and, and sort of became a thing to bring to the public. Wow, this is pretty exciting. There's lots of beneficial applications, creativity being one huge one, but only one of many. Mm -hmm. So how do we get this out to people? And I guess uh, 20, 30, 40 years later, here we're still doing that. Inception helped a lot. Did you folks see that movie? We did. Oh, well, I did see Inception. I definitely would love to revisit that movie. Now that I've dabbled in lucid dreaming, I've, I've tried to do the finger through the hand test. 
you know so okay. am i nice. sleeping can i do you, are you familiar with that if i sure. put my finger through my so i've tried the lucid dreaming it's very challenging um are you able to do it are you a master lucid dreamer uh, well, I don't. I'm not sure what kind of labels I want to put on myself. But okay. I, I'm a I'm a learning student. Hopefully, always. But I've had a bit of experience. I do lead online classes because I've had uh, I think well over a thousand lucid experiences and mostly dreams. Sometimes the the words bridge into out of body, astral, or a physicist might say non local consciousness, depending on the language. But something way outside of my ordinary I self, and usually with the body asleep. Mm -hmm. So it's a bit of a mind blower. Wait a minute. I exist and like can do things and creatively and sometimes connect with other people, get ideas for my writing, for my music, for in this case, some visual art. I just finished a big visual project. And they're pretty world shaking ideas that can go very big. Give you an example, yes. because we got some film buffs and interested listeners. Uh, yes, we do. Avengers here, a number one movie of all time, number one grossing movie anyways. Uh, was actually inspired by two dreams. Do you know the movie? No. Avatar. No. James Cameron. Avatar? Yeah. So I had a good fortune following dream guidances. You can work some pretty good magic. Ended up meeting Jane, spending time with him. And he shared with me that first, he actually, his mother dreamt of tall blue warrior people in a strange world. And he thought that was pretty cool. So he wrote a short story about it. And then a little later on, he dreamt of this bioluminescent river and forest and animals that glowed. And he goes, that's pretty cool. I'm going to have to include that in a movie. And pieces came together for Avatar. And you'll see, he's, he's smart. He's done it before. Actually, Terminator came from one of his dreams, too, his big breakout movie. But he includes the exact dream elements on the movie poster. And he knows that there's something universal in there. So, yes, he's a very skilled producer and obviously writer, even an artist, actually. But uh, the key, I call it the DNA, the idea, the inspiration came from his dreams, sleeping at night. Pretty cool. So, Craig, do you have any thoughts for our creatives who are listening? Maybe feel like they're hearing this going, whoa, wait a second, this is a little too much. Or maybe there's a little iota in their mind where they, they thought, okay, I've definitely had some ideas, you know, when I wake up. Is there a way to, outside of writing them down or keeping a notepad, or is there anything that you would suggest how one might capitalize on their dream states. Yeah, well, uh, it's an interesting way to talk about it. And we talk about it, don't forget, from our waking world viewpoint of kind of me waking ego. I like to kind of go a little bit different, widen the perspective. We want to befriend. That's a nice word, you know, kind of a feeling. We want to befriend this deeper part of us. You can call it our subconscious, our inner self. Yeah. There's so many words. But let's say our creative source spring and not just treat it like something that we just harvest without any consideration and that we never act on or any other. It's like if a friend brings us over some really nice food, obviously we want to enjoy it and ideally with them and we want to bring it to maybe other people or learn how to create more of it, etc. Same thing for when we get some food for thought from dreams. So first of all, kind of go for that approach of friending, befriending. And then, yeah, you mentioned a couple of things. If we record them in a notebook, you know, whatever we remember. And also, I encourage people to keep a voice recorder, like a little smartphone or an mm -hmm. actual voice recorder, because sometimes it's music or we don't have to actually open our eyes. You know, we can be there in bed and the eyes actually disturb the recall. We can just kind of say a dream into our, let's say, our, our smartphone. And then we get as much of the data 
as I might call it, as a scientist, as possible, as clear as possible. And then later we add in the rationing, the rational mind, the reasoning, and we start to work with it creatively and we bounce it off people. We have to do a little mm -hmm. bit of work from our waking self, but usually we can get some pretty good seeds and DNA from that material. And if it doesn't feel like enough, if it feels like just a little sprout and we're not sure where to head with it, like the author Richard Bach, have you ever heard of that uh, book, Jonathan Siegel, which did become a movie also? It's a pretty big one, 30 million, I think now about 50 million actual copies of a fiction book, which is a bit rare. But he actually got inspired for the whole second portion of the book by a dream. And he got the first portion as kind of this dream download and sort of waking dream. But he said, wow, I really need more insights. I'm stuck. I'm stalled. So he can actually ask the subconscious falling asleep. Hey, can you give me some insights? Can I get some more ideas? Mm -hmm. He usually responds with like happily as long as it knows we're going to act on it. So I usually just add the little caveat. Don't just uh, ask, what does my dream mean? That's a good question, but it's, uh, in my view, it's a little bit outdated now. It's like the time of Sigmund Freud. What does my dream mean? It's a good one. But now ask, hey, what does it want? How could I bring it into a creative product or some action in my life to serve other people, inspire others, entertain others? Ooh, that I is, love that. That's worth the price of admission today, people. That yeah. <laughs> okay, information. How could I use this to serve others? Or what does this thought want within me? So what, what might you say to, like I was telling Christina off, off broadcast that I've had a number of different experiences with my dreams. Some of them are nightmarish. Some of them have felt like, like a warning to me or to someone else. And I've shared things with friends and had, you know, those eye wide eye open moments. Like, wow, I'm so glad I shared it because it had some meaning to a person and others, you know, weird things that I'm embarrassed about or things that feel like just really wonky and offbeat. What would you say with those wonky, offbeat, nightmarish type dreams? Yeah, nice. Uh, well, there's a few categories there and I usually give a little different guidance. First of all, try to embrace pretty much everything. Uh, just like every email we get, let's say we work in a big company, not every email we get is necessarily destined directly for us. Sometimes somebody says BCC or they CC you. I'm sure everybody's had that experience. So it's good for us to know about, but we might not have to act on it right away. You know, in six mm -hmm. months, you're going to need to know about this because we're just ordering all the supplies for the new division or whatever. In this case, our dreams might just be starting to warm us up to something's coming soon to the waking theater of your life. But right mm -hmm. now we're just kind of getting your ideas opened or maybe we're quickening your system, sometimes healing your, your body actually, so that you can be ready yeah. for when we send you a clearer guidance. So if it's a little bit out there, don't forget it's a language. Just like, si je parle en français, pas, pas beaucoup de monde comprendra. Did you guys understand? No. Depends on your high school friends. Say what? <laughs> I know. I, I could go in Spanish. That would help a little bit for Californians. But the idea here was yeah. I spoke a different language. And at first, you're kind of like, huh? Yeah. But then when you realize, okay, I could learn the vocabulary, the sentence structure, some of the culture, and then I would get it. Same thing for dreams. So we have to have a little mm -hmm. bit of patience. And then when we get to know the language, the sort of framework and everything a little better, we befriend that part of us. It becomes clearer and clearer. And I'll give a big tip for all the listeners today. This is an actual practice that I give. It almost just sounds like a quick thing that'll go by. And 
and Tony said the, the price of admission for today. Well, this this is, in my view, the price of admission, if you can remember. So just give yourself the suggestion. You can do it right now while you're listening, but you actually have to kind of do it as a thought and intention. Okay. Wow. Maybe when I wake up, I'm not just going to remember a dream clearly. That's good. But I'm actually going to know what it means. And more importantly, I'm going to know what it wants. Almost like a music soundtrack is going to come with it or a a voiceover that's going to say, okay, this is about the relationship with your dad and it's time to heal because you might not have too many more years on this earth. Or this is a creative inspiration and we're going to give you installments over the next month. So watch closely for the theme. And that kind of thought will come with the dream if we give ourselves suggestions. So it really makes it much easier and quicker. And there's tons of other techniques that I teach in my teleclasses, but that's a pretty good global one for anybody. That is beautiful. And since you brought up soundtracks and music, I would love to know more. Let's talk about the dreams behind the music. Let's talk about the inspiration for the book, what we can expect from the book. I just got my copy last night on Amazon. Uh, Craig, hey. tell us about this amazing book. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's great. You'll love it. I guess I, I know. I know. I can't wait. But uh, people do come with very positive feedback, and I'm grateful. It was about a 4,000 hour of uh, devotion there. Lots and lots of research and then lots of interviews with lots of famous artists and and plenty of editing and some marketing too to get it out to people. So a bit of devotion because it's such an important element of our lives. You know, these things that come as just simple private thoughts. We usually call them dreams. But don't forget, a dream is just a waking thought that we, we usually get privately. So let's say our waking inspiration here comes to us privately. Are we going to act on it? And I wanted to give lots of examples of people who have acted on it, specifically on what they kind of got inspired by or the, the nightmare warning that they followed, or sometimes they didn't follow. I'll give you a pretty serious one here, and this is a little bit sensational, but it shows the level of importance of some of these dreams. Our dear uh, beloved music artist, John Lennon, actually had, mm-hmm. in my view, pretty clear warning dreams of his actual own murder. Uh, and specifics with a chubby stranger wearing spectacles outside the Dakota hotel where where it happened. And he was pretty nervous, but it was a year before it actually happened. So, you know, it's pretty hard in a busy life to remember all the details. Yeah. Is that something you document? Is that something you document in your book? Yeah. And there's, uh, I think, 760 references. It's all very scientific. My scientists got a part of the writing. That was probably wow. about half the time. And it's you can track them all. Either the articles where they said it or places where I interviewed them, etc. And there's some pretty like amazing stories I can tell you more. But just to give the the overview, if some of the artists who acted on their dreams, at least 20 of them that I tracked very directly, and probably maybe dozens more, won Grammy Awards, best song, best artist, best group, best album, best singing, directly because of their dream inspiration pretty powerful and you know there's probably some other artists who are just creatively gifted who didn't talk about their dream but very very for example every breath you take stings the number one best song winning grammy that directly came from a dream inspiration and dreams uh, are a pretty important part of sting's songwriting he says actually any artist who doesn't use dreams is throwing away half their potential at least wow that is really cool i'm gonna put the link in our chat here to the book on Amazon, if you would like to get that. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about on Rave Maker shows, the challenge it is to bring ideas you know, to execution, to take our film from script, you know, to production. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. Christina's working on a 
comic book, you know, from idea to illustration to, to publishing. It's like there's, it's such a journey and to feel the permission to embrace your dreams, like literally, I mean, it sounds a little bit frou-frou at times, right? But to go, no, actually your body is working with you to produce mm -hmm. and create and make and birth something is pretty cool. The fact that your subconscious is partnering with you because it wants to make something you know with you and sometimes we miss those opportunities because we write them off we're afraid we say they're frou-frou we say that they don't mean anything but i love that there's documentation to say hey grammy winners you know the people that we know have taken things that they have dreamt about and brought them to life is, is pretty powerful so really cool that you brought it you know you, you put it from idea in dream literally with a near-death experience into a book that's available for the public is, is really cool, Craig. Congratulations on that. Oh, well, thanks yeah. for the feedback. It definitely has been a journey. I mean, at the start, as a scientist, I must say it was like, excuse me, what is this, like, garbage? Because <laughs> in our culture, don't forget, we're kind of trained in the... That goes back, I go a little bit into it in the book, but we've had training for three, 400 years that, you know, the subconscious or, like, the witches, you need to be burned. Or any of these yeah. things are kind of scary and like in the crusades you know you could be killed for just talking about any of this stuff so you had to be very careful mm -hmm. and now maybe it's a time to integrate rebalance what for example most native cultures use and know every day or tibetans they actually practice like lucid dreaming they don't call it that but you know they practice dream skills or the tibetan indian yogis who have very powerful meditation visions and they bring real mm -hmm. things into life so it's our culture that forgot a lot, but hey, we're allowed to take a little bit of a breaker and, and we got lots of gift for forgetting, but it's time to reconnect a little bit, I think. I call it actually just connecting to the inner net. And it's kind of like the internet. Ooh. But as uh, Craig Webb here, I'm allowed to make that joke. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> Drum roll, please. But, uh, but it's actually a really good analogy because it's something we can't see. We actually can connect with other waking people in very real ways and provable. You can check stuff like mutual dreaming, inception kind of things. But the main thing is there's lots of inside web pages that we might want to get valuable insights or learn from. We can actually, like many of the musicians in the book, learn actual physical skills much more quickly in your dreams, in your subconscious. And this is proven with statistics scientifically looking at uh, like actual people who did or who didn't the german olympic ski team actually trains their aerial maneuvers in lucid dreams before they try them out just in case there's a wipeout or something but they actually train the neuronal pathways the physical firing of the muscles and they speed up their learning so one example from like sports believe it or not so wow so that is incredible that's incredible craig i'd love to say you're from canada when did you know you were going to be a scientist dream researcher a, an author a songwriter how did your journey progress oh that's a nice question it kind of opens my heart here because part of our title today is i think sharing our art heart i sometimes make it one word with a capital a heart <laughs> but it takes a little bit of courage it takes getting by the foo-foo worrying what other people's think uh, and mm -hmm. actually takes uh probably the biggest challenge for a lot of us getting by what we'll think about what other thinks in other words, our inner critic, right? Uh, so I, I, that was my journey. That's taken years. But I did have help when I was really wondering, hey, how could I bring some of these gifts from like Stanford research and, and my mm -hmm. previous science training and, and other things I've been exploring that don't really seem to be out there much and they've been so helpful. How could I bring them out more? 
And I wouldn't say officially it was a vision quest, but I fell asleep with these strong intentions, which actually a lot of teens could use nowadays is what native cultures call a vision quest. If you're wondering about your oh. career or your calling, why not just help the, get help from the subconscious? I didn't know what I was doing. I fell asleep. And then I had a powerful, very, very clear, I'd call it a vision because it was above the level of just vivid, vague dream. And I saw the first half of the dream touring around in all these schools, different arenas around the world and speaking, kind of teaching, I guess a little bit more my, my mental talking self and my, my science training, talking about the research, the science, some of the stories like the book. And then in the second part of the dream, just bawling, I actually woke up with tears on the pillow, like really mm. sad. But where I was sharing music, bawling from joy and beauty and love, that some of the same maybe insights that I'd received or the gifts, I guess, from the subconscious, I think the collective unconscious, not just mine, can come out to the world and I can do it through art, singing, music. And I guess uh, the rest is history here. And I've bridged into some of those worlds <laughs> and have a lot to learn still. <laughs> It's pretty uh, cool for me to hear the scientific connected with the creative because sometimes we se separate the two so much, which is, I think, just kind of our, our human tendency, but they're all, it's all human. It's all interactive. You can't, we can't say we're just one or the other, even though we tend to do that. So I really think it's really cool that you would have been given this experience as someone who, you know, finds himself a researcher, Stanford connected, you know, but is seeing all these ways that it's, it's woven into the arts, I think is a really beautiful thing. And I, I'm a big believer in a higher power and the divine. And so when I hear this, I love it. It just kind of expands, you know, my brain to be more receptive and open to that as a person, let alone as a, an individual who's creating stuff, you know, I, I love it. So thank you, Craig, for that. That's really, really cool. You're very welcome. It's really cool. I hope that inspires some of the listeners to connect to the inner net. And don't forget that uh, these things are actually kind of a personal version of the divine higher power. Everybody yeah. wakes up with their own dreams every day. So by its exact nature, it's empowerment. It's what's going to bring you courage to try something new, something creative. Craig, Craig could you tell us about a vision quest? We talk a lot about vision boards and dream boards. What exactly is a vision quest? Well, probably different people have different, different definitions of what that is. I think from the shamanic traditions, a vision quest is usually something where they'll kind of go very clear, often with a guide, not 100%, depends on the tradition, the indigenous culture. But they'll go mm -hmm. with a guide usually, or at least get guidance before they go, and then end up alone for a certain period of time, usually in nature, hopefully in nature, because you have that kind of collective unconscious of all the animals, plants, the earth uh, energies. And then hopefully, and not every time, they'll get a pretty deep insight, a vision. They're on the quest. Sometimes like strange, you know, the Ojibwa natives from the Great Lakes would actually climb up in trees and be waiting, waiting, waiting. Uh, maybe the tree spirits helped, who knows. And if they didn't get it after sometimes long periods, just coming down for a little bit of water and sometimes a little tiny bit of food, They'll wait a couple a week longer until they get the vision, which was often their calling for their life. Mm. So I can give lots of examples of that, but imagine something that just came as a personal, subtle thought. I mean, calling a vision, so it was striking thought that you end up basing the rest of your career choices on, or at least for quite a while. Mm. 
And that's really what they would go on in Vision Quest. And the cultures uh, respected it so much, they'd honor it and they'd help the person become that. And we could say to some degree, the, the dream I just told you uh, maybe a few minutes ago about speaking around the world and then sharing more of it with music and the art heart was in a way my calling, my vision quest. And as a recovering thinkaholic and a little scientist, I didn't know what the heck it was, but it sounded interesting and the feeling was pretty good. So, you know, at the time it was just a web page and it wasn't real yet, but I clicked on it and researched it and acted here and there and made lots mm -hmm. of blunders and eventually started blundering my way into something that's been pretty beautiful, to be honest. Thank you for bringing uh, this to us, to Brave Maker, and to the world. Where can people find you online on the, inter on the internet, not the internet? Yeah. Well, they can drop by the internet and wave and say hi, too, usually just by intention. But a little more worldly, they can check out uh, Applied Dreaming. That's two words with two Ds in the middle. AppliedDreaming.com, because I like to make these dreams very practical. And then uh, they can certainly check out Lucid Hardest with an H in the middle, H-E-A-R-T, on Instagram. That's kind of my, my handle there on Instagram. Or if they want to learn a little bit more about my speaking and stuff, they can certainly go to craigweb.ca. Or just, you know, a very good first way to find it out and get, I think, a lot of gifts, as many feedbacks have said, is the book there, The Dreams Behind the Music. I put a good 20 years of wisdom as much as I could tacked into a... I think 300 or less page book and hopefully uh, easily and fun, easy and fun to read for people to really benefit as much as possible. It's in the language of music and famous artists, but it's got pretty universal insights and some fun quotes and a few a night, a few stories a night before you fall asleep can be kind of a suggestion to your own subconscious. Ooh, very nice. And you said you do classes. Where can we take your class? Oh, uh, well, sometimes I do live classes right now. Uh, it's not too ideal. Uh, people can go to, uh, for the teleclasses, I think Applied Dreaming, that first website okay. I gave you, AppliedDreaming.com, mm -hmm. is a pretty direct way. But most of the, the websites I just gave you, you can sort of connect and find out about the teleclass. I'm always glad to, to sort of share about that online. And uh, I guess the best one really is AppliedDreaming.com, and it talks about what the class includes. But I'll give you a little hint. It's a very small group. I keep it under a dozen people, and we go deep. It gets to be personal. People share their heart. We're in a trust agreement. But that's sort of what dreams want. They're going to bring up things we have to face, fears to look into. You know, the brave the brave part of it is, is definitely in there, the brave maker, because we want to face our fears. The gifts we yeah. get inside ourselves is what we can give to the world. So there's a little bit of that. And the small group helps and is very supportive. And it's lots of fun. And there's synchronicities through the roof. It gets me always jazzed, you know. <laughs> Well, this was this was a perfect interview for today. Small business Saturday. Uh, we normally end with great faves, but I think we'll just end with this. You got to go to Apply Dreaming. You got to get this book. Uh, support Craig Sim Webb, and he's a small business, right? So this is great. The dreams behind the music. Learn creative dreaming as a hundred plus top artists reveal their breakthrough inspiration on Amazon. Paperback, fourteen ninety five. So do that today. Yeah. Now I want to do a shout out to my friend Joey Abitia, who has he lives in the East Bay of California. He's got a small company called Lucid Dream Media, and I know he's going to be so stoked to watch or listen to this interview because he is all about this stuff. So Joey, get this book, make your oh, dreams alive. Well, you can tell Joey I did the Lucid Dream research at Stanford that he probably has heard about. 
And just remember that these things start small. For example, a company that we all use and know every day, a small business at the time, like not even a business, started with a powerful dream. We know the name. Some of us know the name Larry Page. He had this cool dream about a neat way to download the Internet and make a better search engine. Many man and woman hours and probably uh, even children hours later, as everybody shared their inspiration, we now have Google. And that came originally from just a single private dream of the CEO at the time. I dig it. We dig it. We're all about that. That's how we view our life and our work at Brave Maker. It's like little by little, little by little. So Mm -hmm. thank you so much, Craig. ApplyDreaming.com. Go check it out. Uh, we'll see you and we'll share this uh, so that you're, you can share it on your platform because now this link will live forever on our Brave Maker YouTube page, which if you're watching this right now, uh, go to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash bravemakerorg and sign up today or subscribe to that channel. Know that we are a 501c3 nonprofit, so we cannot do this work without your generous support. And Christina and I are continuing as we go into 2021 to look for partners, corporate sponsors who want to sponsor this work uh, and or want to invite Christina and myself uh, into your company through a webinar to do what we call a brave space. So Christina and I are doing these webinars um, to talk about how you can be more empathetic using the power of storytelling and pop culture to talk about race and justice, diversity, equity and inclusion. That's our heart. Yeah. That's why we do Brave Maker. So, Christina, any final words before we log off? Thanks for being with me all day today. Oh, this has been great. Uh, support your local small businesses. Happy Thanksgiving and uh, continue to enjoy the weekend. Yes. And cool. Brave stories change the world. Thanks for listening to the Brave Maker podcast. Subscribe, give us a rating, and share with a friend. BraveMaker is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Our work is funded by generous patrons like you. Support the podcast with a tax-deductible donation at bravemaker.com. Brave stories change the world. You are the story.